my philosophy on it is try to do what you what you love as long as you put in your best effort and try to do it well i think that that's success have you ever wondered how'd she end up with that job or maybe wonder what his background is welcome to how i got here i'm brian gresh and this is how i got here i'm your host reed smith All right, Brian. Thanks for thanks for coming on and, and chatting for just a few minutes. These are these are always fun conversations, and I think it's interesting because uh, working in this industry, you see the same people throughout the year, especially at conferences, right? And so you learn things over the years, or you get to know people a little bit more. And so it's always uh, it's always interesting to learn new facts about people. Um, you have always, well, not always, but you grew up in kind of the Northeast, right? That's right. In Connecticut. That's right. Yeah. All your life? Um, all my life until, uh, until I was 17. Um, and then I went off to college and from there I kind of bounced around for a bit. So what, um, in, in the families from Connecticut, everybody, is everybody still kind of up that direction? I yeah, guess? I still have, I still have family in Connecticut. Um, always kind of always lived there my parents grew up um the town over from where i grew up um so we were pretty pretty close-knit community and um that was kind of that was kind of home base for me for a long time what uh what your parents do what'd your dad do? Um, my dad um was in the refrigeration business uh heating and cooling business and um my mom yeah. was uh was a homemaker and then uh went back to work yeah. after uh after we were all in high school so what, um, so you're not in the refrigeration business. Is that, That's right. uh, <laughs> is that, I mean, go, going to school, going to college, uh, did you have any real inclination of, of what you wanted to do as you set off as a 17, 18 year old? Um, not really. Um, I was pretty, uh, pretty undisciplined and pretty unfocused in terms of, in terms of a career path. Um, I mean, I had a lot of interests in things that I like to do, um, and those primarily revolved around um, skateboarding, uh, mountain biking, you know, snowboarding, those kind of things. Um, yep. not, not so much more the career-driven interests. You know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of us do that, whether it be like, I'm going to go to school where I can do these things I like. I, I don't know really that many people unless it was a um, – uh, trade driven decision. Like, Hey, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an architect, whatever that picked a school based on what they thought they wanted to do for the most part. Um, like I, I went to school to play basketball. Um, clearly that did not pan out, uh, career wise <laughs> for me, uh, for, for a number of reasons, but, um, I don't know. Is, is that a weird, you know, people ask me now, like, is this what you always wanted to do? And I'm like, there wasn't this, like this didn't exist. Like when I was in school, yeah. first off. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, like, I'm, I don't think there's a lot of people when they're, you know, 11 or 12 that say, you know, I want to grow up to be a healthcare marketer. Um, <laughs> you know, I certainly didn't do that. I, you know, I think for me, it was a couple of things. Um, one, you know, I know now, um, what I didn't know then, which is, um, you know, I had, I had 
pretty strong ADHD, um, didn't pay attention very well, um, couldn't really focus on one thing, but was really good at managing lots of things at the same time. Um, and, you know, I think you, you just have a lot of things thrown at you. So for me, it was just kind of a, a, a path of, you know, pursuing the things I enjoyed and kind of eventually narrowing it down to where I could take those things and eventually turn them into a career and turn them into a focus where um, I could I could enjoy the work I was doing. I mean, that's that's kind of how I look at it. No, I think yeah, I think that's a great a great viewpoint. I I just you know, I'm curious. I, I look at my kids, especially my oldest is is 12, and, and I try to imagine like like where they're headed, like what that trajectory looks like, and. I don't know if this is good or bad, but I'm getting less and less concerned about how well he's doing in math, you know, or whatever the scenario yeah, is. Oh, you totally. know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you and I have talked before about kids. I mean, I, I've got two kids and um, one of them seems to have a pretty good idea of what she's going to do. And um, the other one um, I think is going to end up hopefully doing something successful. Um, but as far as what that is, I think it kind of remains to be seen. So, um, you know, I, my philosophy on it is, um, try to do what you, what you love. Um, and at the end of the day, as long as you put in your best effort and try to do it well, I think that that's success, you know, um, at least that's what I, that's the success I hope for my kids. No, I think that's great. Um, growing up. So your first real job Paperboy. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I've always been a worker. Um, and, and mainly, um, it, it mainly came from, I wanted stuff. Like I wanted a skateboard. I wanted, you know, a new bike or something. And, um, the one I wanted was always more expensive than the one my parents wanted to provide. Um, I had, <laughs> I had very high tastes and, um, and so I, you know, my dad always worked when he was a kid too. Um, he grew up in like mm -hmm. kind of post-depression era where, you know, kids did that. Um, and he encouraged me to do that. And so um, early on, I think it was fifth or sixth grade, I started a paper route. Um, and that quickly um, became two paper routes because there was one next to mine that became available. And so I had the largest um, paper route in, in that region, um, for, for a kid my age. Um, <laughs> and then from there, um, I actually got my, my next real job, if you call it that. Um, I was 14 and I walked into this Greek pizza place and said, Hey, you know, do you need a dishwasher? Um, and the owner asked me how old I was. And I told him I was 15 and, um, he hired me um, to, to wash dishes. And that's quickly became making pizzas and cooking pizzas. And when, and when it was my birthday, he said, well, now you're 16. So I'm going to make you officially, you know, on the books. And I said, well, actually I'm only turning 15. Um, but he, I guess I did a good <laughs> enough job because he kept me and I worked there all the way through high school, um, till I graduated. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned something that I think is kind of interesting. You know, you've always been kind of a, a worker. What, you know, how has that 
proven to, you know, to serve you well, even into, you know, current day. Do you see those tendencies still in, in what you do? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple pieces to it. So one is, I think I have a fairly decent work ethic. Um, and so that's one. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe this is too fatalistic, but I'm always like, well, you know, at the very least, I know I can go cook pizzas. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so if it all kind of, you know, kind of collapses tomorrow, I, I, I've got a fallback plan, right? Um, That's right. You know, so, something to go back to. Yeah, yeah. And I think it keeps you humble, too. You know, um, I, uh, I think um, my, my personal belief is everyone should have to work in a restaurant as kind of like a national service program. Um, cause I think it teaches mm-hmm. you everything you need to know about production. It need you learn about customer service. You learn about, you know, pretty much everything that you need to know you learn in a restaurant. Yeah. My wife and I both waited tables at one point. And I think, you know, that it is, it is to your point, a very interesting, um, cause you have to problem solve. You learn how to deal with different personalities, both the customer, cash, right? yeah, you gotta manage, <laughs> but both the customers and you know the the back, you know the 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 cooks and the you know the expos and the different staff members and stuff like that. So it, it is a very interesting place uh, for sure. Uh, it also attracts a lot of interesting individuals. But um, yeah, for sure, that's that's a whole nother podcast, right? <clears throat> whole nother podcast, whole nother yeah. podcast. But you know, I tell people that too. I you know I grew up working in a warehouse for my for my dad. And uh, kind of like you, I'm like, well, if this all goes south, at least, you know, I can go work in materials at a hospital or something and drive a forklift. So Right, right. Uh, and, and, you know, I, the other thing I think it makes, I, wa- I don't want to diminish any of those jobs either because, you know, those are hard jobs. And, and, and you know, but it's, it's nice to know kind of how those things work and to know that you have, you have skill sets that allow you to do a lot of different things. And that's when, when I think about falling back, I think about it's just being able to pull out that tool set and all those things I've learned over the years so that, you know, I'm not stuck in one spot, um, you know, and unable to, to evolve or pivot somewhere else. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I think doing a lot of different things teaches you. So what, so what does college do for you? Like, how, you know, how do you make your way through college and then come out of that with an idea of, um, uh, you know, what, what, what are you wanting to do, I guess, as you kind of make your way through the college experience? Is that an evolving thought process? Yeah. And I'm probably the wrong person to talk to about the college experience. Like I, I defer to my wife um, as far as giving our kids advice, because, um, you know, my goal in college was not to graduate um, and to try to ride that out as long as possible. Um, I mean, I, I took almost eight years to get through my undergrad um, because I just, one, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but two, I was having a really good time um, in college. So I, I enjoyed my college experience and um, I, I took some time off during my college experience to, um, to ski and snowboard um, for, for a year. And, um, and, and I just, I, I was looking for a little bit more than college at the time. Uh, so, so again, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask for that, but what I think it's supposed to do is, in my opinion, I think what it's supposed to do is help you get, get a little flavor for how things work. Um, it pushes you to be more independent. Um, and by the end of it, you know, give you a little clearer idea of maybe 
the kind of things you're interested in. Um, I think the best part about college is just the relationships um, and the experience you gain, um, you know, before you have to go out, you know, quote unquote, into the into the real world. I, I can remember being in undergrad and, and thinking like all I wanted to do was get out of school and get a job. Like I was done with the taking of classes, you know, and um, I, I think though it plays a very real, to your point, it's a very interesting, like if things don't go the way they go, right. If it doesn't take you that long to get through your undergrad or whatever, like you, you're probably not where you are now. And so, you know, it's this whole everything happens for a reason. But, you know, I wonder how much of it is just, um, I don't know. I, we try to standardize so much stuff, I guess, whether it's school or, you know, in this case, college. Um, you know, we're, we're I, I think, tamping down a fair amount of opportunity, it seems like, because I'm sure you had a lot of experiences in that time off that have served you well since even. Yeah. And, and, you know, to be clear, I don't want to make it sound like I was just sitting around and partying, you know, the whole time. Like, um, as I mentioned, I'm a worker and I worked my way through college as well. So, um, you know, my parents who were very like, you know, hardworking folks, um, without a lot of like, you know, there was a lot of, not a lot of nonsense going on. Right. Like it was like, this is your job, go do it. And, um, they helped me um, financially through college in my first year. But when I started to go a little South, um, they stopped supporting me. And, um, and so for that, for that remainder, you know, of, of my college experience, um, I worked. And so, um, while I might not have been focused hundred percent on classes, I was certainly putting in time doing other things, um, and, and paying my rent and paying for my car and doing all of those other things. So, you know, I, I, I think, everybody has to kind of go through their own experience. I think now we're seeing a lot of people are questioning whether or not the traditional four years, you know, take out a ton of loans kind of experience is the, is the, the only experience you can have. Um, and so that, that might change by the time our kids get to college. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, right now I'm planning on my kids graduating going four years. I mean, I don't want them to do what I did, but you know, at, at the same time, if they did that and they ended up happy on the other end of it, that, that sounds like a good thing too. So you make your way out of your undergrad. How, how do you, how do you go from uh, what you thought you were going to be doing when you got out of school to, to healthcare? You know, what, what is that, you know, in, in broad brushstrokes, what does that progress look like? Yeah. So, so it's interesting. So um, when I finally graduated, um, I did, at, by that point, have an idea that I was somewhat interested in marketing. Um, and, and so I had an opportunity um, to join. It's funny because at that time, it was, it was like mid-90s. And um, there was a what would now be called a startup, but it wasn't a, a dot-com startup. It was just pre-dot-com. Um, but there was a, a startup company in Stanford, Connecticut. And they were focused on credit card loyalty programs. And one of those in particular was a fee-for-service uh, dental program um, that was an extension of your, of, of your branded credit card. And I got hired to work on, that, um, work on that program. And part of my job was actually calling on 
uh, dental practices and trying to sign up physicians for the network. And, and so my, my job encompassed a lot of different things. So one, it was selling the program to the, to the providers. It was de- developing the materials for the, for the, uh, fee, uh, the fee directory and the, and the provider directory. Um, and it was also working with the call center agents on, um, on the sales approach for customers. So it was kind of a little of everything. Um, uh, but I mean, it was technically healthcare and, um, you know, talking to providers gave me a kind of a, my first taste into, um, talking with, with a healthcare professional and, and working with that kind of, with that profession. Um, but go ahead. So where, where was that? Where, where were you so physically? Physically like, at Stanford, like, Connecticut. And, um, okay. and so okay. I'll, I'll try to fast forward quickly to how I ended up in, uh, in the university healthcare system. So what, what's interesting is I mentioned uh, previous that I took a year off, um, during college to, um, go snowboarding. And, um, and I did that with some friends. Um, when we all eventually graduated, a few of those friends had moved out to Salt Lake city to continue that, <laughs> that ski adventure. Um, and I was in Stanford and, um, I, I didn't really enjoy living there or, um, or working there. It just kind of didn't fit with the, with the interest that I had, um, outside of work. And my, I talked to a couple of my friends and, um, they said, Hey, we've got a house. We've got an extra place to stay. Why don't you come out? And so I quit my job and, uh, packed up my car and drove out to Salt Lake. And at the time I didn't have a job. Uh, I just kind of showed up with, with my futon and, and a few things in the trunk and, um, and started and started looking for a job and to, you know, believe it or not, my first healthcare job, um, I found by looking in the classified section of the Salt Lake Tribune and I responded to an ad for a, uh, a marketing job at university of Utah and it, um, ended up becoming the the first job I had in a in now what's been a long career in healthcare marketing. So you found this job in the paper? Is that what I that what I heard? I did. That's a I did find that will never happen the again. Time, like that's just not a thing. You, it, yeah, I mean, you have to remember this was pre internet. Yeah. I mean, the internet existed, but there wasn't there wasn't monster dot com. There wasn't <laughs> right. the, the university. Yeah. Yeah. And even the university didn't have a website listing their jobs, right? The way they recruited was the traditional classified ads. And so, yeah, that's how I, uh, that's how I ended up getting that job. That's so funny. I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but my first job, uh, was at a, at a hospital as the director of marketing, a small hospital. And while we had a website, you're right. There were no job listings. I hadn't thought about that. It was just kind of like brochure where about the hospital, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, but there's nothing about jobs on there. I don't think. No. And, and that's funny. You, I had to, I had to go to the, you know, to the human resources office and <laughs> fill out an application. And, um, you know, I mean, it, I mean, a lot's changed, right? I mean, I'm, I'm certainly dating myself in that, in that way, but, um, but no, it was, um, it, it honestly, it, it's probably the best, uh, one of the best days of my life, honestly, because I mean, aside from meeting my wife and having my kids and things like that, but at that point, up until that point, probably one of the best days because, um, I, I ended up in a job, um, that, you know, at the time I was just thinking about paying the rent, but it really turned into a career and it turned into, um, just 
a great learning experience. Um, all the relationships I've built, everything goes back to that to that newspaper ad. I wish I had clipped it out and saved it because um, it it really changed the course of my of my life from that point forward. What year was that? Uh, that was 1997. Okay, 97, University of Utah. I'm sorry, 98. And, I'm sorry, it was 1998. Ni- yep. 1998. Yeah, so that that really was uh, a few people had websites, I guess, but probably not even all of them. I mean, because y'all were in a university setting, that probably helped a little bit. Yeah, but, yep. Um, so anyway, so that's 98. You make it through Y2K. <laughs> yep. Was that crazy? I mean, was it a big deal there when that happened? Did, were y'all worried about anything? I, I wasn't worried. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there were people at the University of Utah that were worried. But um, honestly, from my perspective, it was a non-event. I didn't really think about it. Uh, mm-hmm. There wasn't from a marketing, I mean, from a career perspective or what we were doing in my, in my job, there wasn't really any issues um, for us to think about. Um, so you, you kind of skate through there. You, you, you talk, talk to me quickly, I guess, about, you know, so most people probably know you from uh, this idea of transparency and putting physician review scores on provider profiles on the Internet. That was, you know, kind of the University of Utah, you know, claim to fame, if you will, in the transparency space. Yep. And then certainly a lot of people know you from your, your time at, at the Cleveland Clinic. But how do you how do you, um, you know, get to that place and kind of how does that that manifest itself as far as the transparency piece goes? Yeah, I mean, so the the quick the, the quick history on on just how I got involved in the in the digital piece was um so again, I started in a very traditional marketing role, and um, the the person who hired me, Steve Bonney, who um, just recently passed away, um, but was a huge, huge influence and a mentor for me um, at the university. So at the time, he he was the director of marketing, um, and he was in the latter part of his career, um, you know, not that far away from retirement, but um, the university health sciences at that time had just put together. Uh, an advisory committee to kind of reimagine, or I don't even know if it was reimagine. It was like create the health sciences website. And um, Steve was asked to sit on that committee and he didn't really have an interest in it um, and said, Hey, why don't you, go, why don't you go do that? <laughs> and so, so he kind of assigned me like almost like as a punishment and um and so I got to sit on this committee that was made up of, um, you know, there were some deans from some of the different colleges. I mean, it was like people way above my pay grade um, and then me sitting there. And um, so I got exposed very early on to kind of the governance and um, all of the discussions around, you know, the website. And that kind of piqued my interest very early on. And from there, it was kind of off to the races. So IT owned the website at that point, but I started to form relationships with that group. And then, you know, fast forward five or six years, and I convinced um, my uh, direct uh, or my the people I reported to, I, I convinced them to let me make a pitch to, to move all of those resources under, under marketing. 
and they they agreed. And so I ended up with a web team um, under my direction um, in marketing, which was which was a huge game changer because then we were able to do things outside of the IT structure, and um, and we did we did a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, I was lucky enough to have just a great group of of people that worked with me um, and that taught me a ton about just how the back end works and the front end works. And, um, you know, I, I'm not a technical guy by training. So, so having those people help educate me and, and teach me how all of those things worked, um, allowed me to kind of think of the strategy piece and, and then bring that together. And, um, that led eventually to, you know, what you brought up, which is the transparency piece. And I mean, that was really, so that, that was, multiple groups within the system coming together with different problems. But the problem I was trying to solve, there, there were two things. So one was there were a lot of phys- physicians that were getting frustrated that there were these, these bad reviews of them on the web. And since we, since we were the web team, it was our fault, right? <laughs> so, so they would come to, yeah, yeah. So they would come and say, make that go away, right? And then the other issue that we were trying to solve for was SEO and driving traffic. And so that's how I thought about ratings and reviews. It wasn't, I mean, I hate to say this, but it, it wasn't like I wanted to create this incredible patient experience, right? Or be transparent. That wasn't what drove our team initially to do it. Um, I, I believe that is the best output now or the best result of that effort. But at the time, we were trying to solve these these simpler problems, and um, I kept seeing stars showing up in in the search results, and they were clearly there to influence customer behavior, to draw people's eyes, to draw traffic to those results. Uh, there's no question that that's why they were there, and I and so I started asking a lot of questions with our developers, like how do those stars get there? How do we make them appear? What do we have to do to get the, or do we have to pay for them? Do we have, like, what, how does that work? And so we started reading a lot about, you know, markup and schema. And then as coincidence would have it, because I, I had gotten to the point where what I, what I wanted to do was have people review physicians directly on the website, just like, just like those third-party sites did. To me, that, that was the way we were going to generate those stars. But I knew we needed the stars. Um, and then at the same kind of moment, I started having a conversation internally with, uh, with our patient experience team. And they had an interest in taking all of the good stuff that they were seeing and publishing it on the website. That was kind of the ask was like, hey, we've got this good stuff. Can we put it on the website? And I just, I knew that just taking it and publishing it out as content wasn't going to be what we needed to do that we could as if we could take it and turn it into the language that Google spoke that it would have a bigger impact and so that's that's how we ended up with star ratings and it was you know that too helped kind of I, I think put our team on the map um, you know we didn't really think of it as like a, a huge idea we were just trying to solve a we were just trying to solve a problem and and we got we got lucky in that other people liked how we solved it. Well, I mean, it's a whole industry now. 
I mean, there's, there's, I know that's really cool. I mean, that this is what they do. This is all they do. I know. You know, yeah, I work for one of them now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not all y'all do, but yeah, no, it's not all we do, but, but I mean, that's how I, that's how I kind of came into this part of the industry now, you know? Well, so talk a little bit about that because, um, you know, really what you've talked about is what we now think of as consumerism, right? As a term, I guess, or, you know, how people, you know, digital front door and all these other terms we keep hearing. Um, so how, you know, how has, you know, you doing that kind of led you down this path, you know, by way of the Cleveland Clinic, I guess, uh, which is not insignificant um, to kind of where you are now? Yeah, I mean, so I've, I've always, I've always believed in, in consumer friendly design and features as a way to um, to make the experience better and to create more engagement. Um, I mean, I I think that's a fairly simple mm-hmm. equation, right? If it if it's nice looking and it's good content and it's easy to use, then people are going to be attracted to it. Um, and I think that sometimes it cracks me up. I mean, I think healthcare as an industry sometimes we we resist doing the common sense stuff from a, from a digital perspective, right? We, we refuse to give our customers what they want. And then we complain about why they're not doing what we want them to. <laughs> um, and so, I, I mean, it's true, you know, I, I it's, um, and so I've always tried to, you know, look at what works well in other industries and try to come up with a way to make it work for healthcare. Because there are legitimate concerns about privacy and um, just the way you interact with a healthcare customer that's different from other industries. But that doesn't mean you can't use the same tools and you can't take some of the same approaches. You just maybe have to change it a little bit. And I mean, that's the, the transparency is a great example of that. Like rather than collect reviews directly on the site, we decided to use a verified source from in inside the organization. But it, but the but the result is the same. And so, you know, I, I've always really, really thought about it or tried to think about it from a consumer perspective. And um, and that gave me an opportunity uh, to work for Cleveland Clinic. Um, you know, the work that my team was doing at the University of Utah clearly got got us uh, noticed. Yeah. And it, it attracted um, it, it attracted, attracted enough attention where, um, I had an opportunity to talk about it with some folks at the clinic and, you know, was offered an opportunity to go there and continue it. And, and the clinic was amazing. I mean, the resources that are available to you in an organization like that, because of the power of the brand, um, allowed, allowed us to do a lot of really cool things. And, and I learned so much from, from the people that I got to work with and the people on my team there. Um, and that led me eventually to Loyal, which is, um, I think, again, just an extension of the journey, which is if I'm, if I'm really going to talk the talk about consumerism and I'm going to, um, you know, try to have a, a continued impact on the, on, the, on the space, then I felt like, well, maybe I could try building solutions for a bigger, bigger audience um, and through multiple health systems as opposed to just one and that's you know that's that's where i am now and i'm i'm 
hoping it's going to continue to to work well and and grow. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for telling everybody how you got here. So we appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, chatting through it. And uh, this has been great. Yeah, man, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of How I Got Here. How I Got Here is powered by Touchpoint Media Network. To learn more about this show and others like it, visit us online at touchpoint.health. Till next time, I'm your host, Reed Smith.